0: I think that there are all these different ways to personalize your product and make that person feel connected to your brand. Because if you're just another company sending in samples expecting them to try and get back to you, a lot of times that doesn't work. That would be in a perfect world. So I think just getting in front of them, making that connection and, you know, having them really, really know what makes your product special.
1: Welcome to The In Factor, conversations about how great entrepreneurs started, stumbled and succeeded. I'm Rebecca White and today's guest is Liz Anthony. Liz is a University of Tampa alumni and the founder of Liz Anthony Nutrition. She turned her passion for nutrition, fitness and sweet treats into a healthy protein packed and delicious product. Since launching in 2016, her products have gone from being announced on Facebook to being sold in gyms, FitLife Foods, and Publix. Liz has bootstrapped her way to success and is continuing to grow her company. Today, she shares her passion for her company and some great lessons for early stage entrepreneurs that she is learning along the way. I hope you enjoy this episode. So I'm excited to have you with me on InFactor today, Liz.
0: Yes, Rebecca, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited that the University of Tampa has started this podcast and I love it.
1: Yeah, well, it's exciting, all as always, to have alumni of the university who are out you know, making their mark as entrepreneurs in the world. So it's so exciting to do this. So let's start a little bit with a little bit of a background on you and your company. So what is Liz Anthony Nutrition and what was your journey from student athlete to entrepreneur?
0: Yeah, so I came to University of Tampa. Originally, I thought I wanted to study marine biology. So UT has a great program for that. And along the way, I decided that I also wanted to run cross country and track. So here I was starting off with a biology degree, but I was also running at the same time. And one cool thing that being in biology taught me was, you know, how food our body. I always knew even back in high school that there was a difference whether I ate, you know, an apple before practice or a bag of chips, like my performance would be different. And that was a little bit before we knew a lot about nutrition and different studies came out different health food products. And so I would always just been curious, you know, so in College along the way with my biology degree, my marine biology, I took a nutrition elective and I was so enamored with this course I was like wow I started studying things just at night on my own without any curriculum I was just so interested in it, and By the time that I was coming to an end with my undergrad at UT, there was a program that was starting with exercise science nutrition for a master's degree. So I said, you know what? I'm interested in this. I think I want to try it out. So then I started that program and along the way to backtrack in undergrad, I would make a lot of healthy snacks for, you know, my colleagues, my teammates, my coaches, and they would always tell me how good they were. But I never really put two and two together until I was in my master's program. And I was like, you know what, people keep encouraging me to sell these healthy snacks. And here I am kind of in a program that, you know, supports entrepreneurship in this field. And I said, I think I'm going to try it out. So that's how I kind of got started selling my protein bites.
1: So, you know, we always talk about entrepreneurs following their passion and you are so enthusiastic about about nutrition and about what it does, you know, and how it helps bodies perform. So I think I think that's a that's that you're a perfect example of somebody who followed their passion into business. and And interestingly, like a lot of entrepreneurs, you had learned through your undergrad and your master's degree a lot about nutrition. But you were starting a business and there's a lot about business that you probably didn't learn in in those academic programs. So tell us a little bit about how you've learned about business and you know how you've developed a passion for that as well
0: you know that is a great point Rebecca because when I started out I was like whoa what am I doing this? It's so cool to have an idea and to bring it to life, but that's when you start to realize there are all these other things that come along with business that you need experience in, in order to grow. And so not having this business degree, a lot of times I turned to other people that I respected in the community. I would ask a lot of questions, but I made a lot of mistakes along the way. And, you know, they made me into a stronger business person as I am today, but you know, if I could have had some more business experience in the beginning, maybe we could have grown a little faster. But I always take, you know, the experiences that I have along the way, they make great stories, and I'm so appreciative of them. But yes, there was a lot of trial and error.
1: (laughs) So would you say it's been a learning process, the whole starting a business?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. We've been in business for about five years now. And I would say those first two years of business, they just, they hit me really hard. And that's where I just had to force myself to, you know, if I want to keep this up, if I want to keep growing this as a business, I definitely need to kind of reconfigure my mindset when it comes to entrepreneurship. Now, you know, I love the fun things. I love the exciting things like creating a product and getting it into retail and online. But, as I grew, you know, I started to realize you've got to focus in on some of the things that you might see as less fun, and then eventually you'll be able to hand those off. But for now, learning from the inside out is the best way to do this.
1: yeah. when when you when you start something, it's it's you, right? you're the yeah. you're the bottom line. And <laughs> did you have mentors along the way that helped you?
0: You know, I had a lot of help. I remember the first year of starting Liz Anthony Nutrition. You know, I was proposing the product to retail accounts. I actually had my mom who was a school teacher, but I'm from Tennessee. So she came from Tennessee to Florida to spend the summer with me. And I was just, you know, mom, this is so cool. I really want to dive deeper into this, but it's just getting a little crazy and I need some help. So she said, what the heck, you know, I have the summer off being a teacher, I'll come down. And she was just so amazed by how people were perceiving the product and responding to it when we would go to events where we would sample it. And she said, you know, Liz, I really think you've got something here. And shortly after a few months, she decided to move here to Florida to help me grow the business. So I kind of had her alongside the way. And it's really great, especially in, you know, your first few years of business to have someone there that you know and trust. And although she didn't have a lot of entrepreneurial experience, she was kind of that support system for me. You know, keep going. You got this. So I give a lot of credit to my mom, especially in the beginning years. And I think also with mentors, when I was in my master's program, I had about six different jobs and all of them were with small local companies. And I always admired and respected these business owners. And I watched them develop their processes and ask questions. And I really think that that was a strong forefront into creating what was to come with my business. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why I'm so excited about this podcast and why I started it, really, because I think it's stories like yours and some of the others that i've had on my podcast that really inspire and help our students who are also starting companies i mean storytelling is a fantastic way to learn i think
0: absolutely
1: so let's talk a little bit more about liz anthony products so you make a healthy snack alternative so tell our audience a little bit more about your product and and just a little sneak tease here at the end, we're going to give you a code so you can get a discount, by the way. So, listen to the end and you can try these products, Liz Anthony Snacks. So, tell us a little bit more about it. What's it like? You know, tell us about how it all got started. Are you like many other entrepreneurs? Did you make this in your kitchen when you started?
0: <laughs> yep, exactly. I remember back in the days where, you know, I started to get a lot of orders for my protein bites and I would just be in the kitchen stirring up like batches of these by hand. And I was like, am I going to have like one really strong arm and the other one's not so (laughs) strong? Like it takes a lot of work. And back in the days of developing the product, I was looking for snacks that had simple ingredients that would fuel my body, especially during my running days. And so I kind of just tinkered around with a recipe until I felt that it was perfected. And I also had other people who were like, this is really good. Can we have another box of that? And I just, I think that it's so important with snacks is to recognize the ingredients. And I know a lot of times when I was looking for things to fuel me, I would look at the back of the package and I would be like, this ingredient list is a paragraph long. What is actually in this? Mm-hmm. And a lot of protein bars would taste chalky and have that, you know, bitter aftertaste. And I think that's why a lot of people get scared of the word protein bars. So what I wanted to do is kind of revolutionize the protein bar and make it into something people enjoyed eating that was also healthy and would fuel them. Being in college, being so on the go, I think that it's perfect having a snack like that that tastes good, that fuels your body. It doesn't slow you down because when you're on the go, that's the last thing you want. So after I kind of created the recipe, had that down, I had to decide, you know, well, how am I going to present these things? Am I going to present them as a protein bar? And that's when I decided to do a more like a bite, a bite-sized square. And so you can just pop one in when you're hungry, you're in between meals, or maybe it's before a workout and you're good to go. And so, like I said, starting off in my kitchen and then recognizing that, you know, At that point, if I wanted to sell in retail, I needed to go into a commercial kitchen setting. So at the beginning, I would say about two, three months in, I proposed to a restaurant owner who was recommended to me by a friend at the time and said, I can help you out with your nutrition coaching if you let me come in and use your space. And so we bartered these services for a few more months, and that's how I got started in the commercial kitchen space, making my product, being able to sell to retail.
1: I love that you used barter. I love that. And I think there's a great lesson in that, you know, for many startups, the most important thing is to get your product out there and, and get people to try it. And you often don't have financial resources, right? But but yeah. you, you may have something that you can offer. And in your case, you know, you bartered providing nutritional assistance and, for space. What a great, what a great concept and what a great way to do it. So kudos to you for figuring that out. So tell us about the products and, you know, how do you, you started with the protein bites and now you've got a number of different flavors, right? So tell us about that.
0: So we only have one product, which is our protein bites, but we have differentiated that with adding different flavors. So I started off with a honey peanut butter flavor And then we added in chocolate and then peanut butter and jelly. And then we do pumpkin spice, which is a seasonal flavor offered in the fall. Now, I did make another mistake at the beginning of business where I was like, you know, oh, I'm ready to launch more products. And so I remember starting this kind of like a coffee product. And I was just so overwhelmed with marketing both at that point in time and learning the ins and outs of business. I was like, this is not the time to start a new product. It was an interesting experience, but let's put full focus back on these protein bites. And that was a lesson that I learned that I've continued kind of along the way. I feel like we're getting there with, you know, getting ready to start a new product. I have a bunch of different ideas, but for right now, I think it's so important to focus on just this product and to grow it.
1: You know, what a great lesson in that, too, about focus. And, you know, I talk to a lot of people who are starting companies and they immediately want to grow. They immediately want to, you know, expand and franchise and and they haven't proven out the one concept that they've already that they've started with. So I think that's a very mature and wise strategy. To think about, you know, about about focusing in on getting that product right and building your brand with that first, and then expanding later. So again, another really important lesson that you've learned in there. So you mentioned that you've been in business now for about five years, and I know that you're sold in some retail outlets. That your products are, you know, online. But tell us a little about what that process has been like to scale and, you know, build a following for your product.
0: Yeah. So, you know, when you make a business, you're just in this little world where almost like you control the laws. So it doesn't matter how things are done everywhere else in your little world. It's you you make it like it should be. But another lesson that I learned is, you know, you have to abide by all these things if you want to get it into a retail account. So you kind of have to make your business have a certain flair that fits in with the retail account. So that's something I learned along the way with proposing to retail stores. For instance, I might think that a display should look one way and they tell me, well, it's always looked this way. This is how we've always done it. But I think, you know, recommending certain things that have worked for you in the past in your business model and proposing it as well, maybe we could try this out for a week and see what happens. So with our retail, the proposal process is it's just, you know, sending in samples to a grocery store or, you know, a small business, whether it's a yoga studio, a cycle studio, And it's first connecting with the person in charge. It's finding that person, which is normally, you know, in grocery stores, it's a grocery buyer, but a small studio, it might be the owner. And so, you know, giving them a sample, letting them know, you know, what your customers love about the product and what you think that you could provide for them. And then, you know, asking if you guys could try it out. Maybe you have a trial period at first. And then if it works, then you guys, you know, are you sign on to be able to sell with
1: them. So you're in several retail stores. They're pretty successful retail. You're in Publix, right? I think. Yes. Yes. So it's not easy to get shelf space in stores like Publix. How did you find the right person to talk to?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, it was just a lot of calling around a lot of following up. I mean, you have got to be persistent with a lot of these larger stores because think about how many things they have sitting in front of them. So you have to find a way to stand out. And, you know, personally, I think that the best way to stand out for a small business is landing that in-person meeting where you're able to present your product. Now it'd probably be a little different, you know, a year, In the years past but i think we're getting back into that in-person setting so that would be something you could do now or you could have done you know a year ago maybe a zoom meeting i think that there are all these different ways to personalize your product and make that person feel connected to your brand because if you're just another company sending in samples expecting them to try and get back to you a lot of times that doesn't work that would be in a perfect world So I think just getting in front of them, making that connection and, you know, having them really, really know what makes your product special.
1: That's a really good point. It kind of leads into my next question, which is that, you know, I'm a fan of of your products and products like yours, you know, that can not only taste good, but nourish my body in a healthy way. And so there's a lot of competition out there now. And that's a good thing. I think we're all, you know, becoming more aware of what we're eating. But how do you differentiate yourself to those buyers and to the customers? I mean, what makes Liz Anthony's products, you know, better?
0: Let me tell you I am obsessed with going into the grocery store and studying packaging like I cannot <laughs> I cannot even get through a grocery trip without just sitting there and analyzing how other companies, you know, do it. So I think what's super important there is to stay on trend, to constantly be looking at what your competition is doing, also remembering your special edge and what got you to where you were. And not being afraid of that change. For instance, with our label design, we have changed our label up about four times over the past five years. And a lot of that's been with, you know, research with how, what can we make stand out better on this package? You know, can we make protein bites larger or should we make the flavor larger? How should we package it? Should it be packaged with 12 protein bites or eight protein bites? So there's a lot of research and there's a lot that you have to listen to your customers, a lot of information because they, they're the ones who are buying your products. So they're the most important testers there are. So I think that that's something, you know, if you're, if you're into the food retail world, definitely go into a grocery store and study the different brands, turn around the package. Maybe there's like a message from, the owner of the company that really stands out on the back that someone's looking at the nutrition facts and they're like, oh, this is a cool story. I want to try this out. So I think you need to help your customers feel connected to your brand. But yeah, with, with our product, we've gone through a lot of changes. So I think it's also important to not be attached to what was once successful, because that might not be the case, you know, a year from then.
1: Yeah, that's. A, I think that's a really good point, because there's certainly a lot of trends and changes and you have to stay abreast of all that and i think one of the things about your product which i've tried by the way is that it just tastes so good and you brought that up i mean your goal was really to to have a, a product that tasted good cuz a lot of health bars you know i've been a runner for many years and i've eaten all the goo and the nutrition bars and all of that you know and there is something to be said for just nourishing your body but you know life is meant to be enjoyed not just endured. So we really want to, you know, have something that tastes good. So I think that's that you've put a lot of thought into that as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, being a runner, you know, you try out all these different, like you said, goose package, especially if you go to a race, and they have a huge expo. And, you know, it's just, it's really interesting to see, you know, what one person likes to another person liking, but something that I found with this product is people all across the board like it, they like it, they like the ingredients, they like the taste, it's something that they they want to come back and buy. And so I think that that's really important, especially, you know, with our different flavor offerings, somebody might want to buy a pack of honey peanut butter one week, but then next week, they want to change it up and do the PB&J.
1: Yeah, so good to have some variety there. I think yes. that was a smart move. So, as you know, I think a lot of our listeners are students or people who are starting companies or early stage co- entrepreneurs like you or yourself. And especially among our students, I hear from many of them that they they want to be entrepreneurs. They're really interested in this, but they don't they haven't really quite yet found their passion. And so they they're not sure how to find their passion. For somebody who found found your passion and ter- has turned it into an entrepreneurial business, what would you say to those those students or those people who are really interested in entrepreneurship but just haven't figured out what they want to do yet?
0: So I mentioned that when I was in my master's degree, I was working six different jobs at one time, mainly for experience. So for people starting out, I think that saying yes to everything is the best strategy. So you need to take every opportunity because you never know which ones are going to be the lottery tickets, which ones you're you're, you're going to go ding, ding, ding. Oh my gosh, this is it. This is what I want to do. I'm putting two and two together finally. So definitely putting yourself out there and getting as much experience as you can you know, whether that's an internship or whether that is working for another small business, if you're into entrepreneurship, you you need to see how other people do it. You need to have the experience of being in the inside world versus just looking at the business on the outside.
1: Yeah, that's great advice. You just have to go do something almost, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and I think another thing too, is to know that a lot of times, even though, even though you have a good Product idea, you have people who are wanting to buy the product, there might not be a lot of instant gratification. And so, learning to kind of sit with it and readjust and to think, you know, what could I do differently? There's a lot of hard work that goes into building a business of any type. And it's not just what you see online, you know, just like, here's my grocery store front. It's here's the year that went into getting to that account, you know? So, it's just there's a lot of behind the scenes that. I know people are trying to become more transparent, especially now because we're in the age of, you know, we want to help people out and we want them to see our experiences. It's not just all glamour. Here's, you know, what I did, but I'm not going to tell you how I got there. So, you know, definitely talking to people who you admire, just reaching out. You know, if there's a business owner that, you really admire out there. Send them an email you, with a question. You never know, you know, how they'll respond, what connections you guys will make, how it will create your future.
1: If you don't ask, you won't get. Right?
0: Yep, exactly.
1: <laughs> So, you know, something you said there triggered a question. Tell us what a day in the life of Liz Anthony is like. What do you do every day, Liz?
0: Oh, every day is a little bit different, but I I like it that way. I like to keep it interesting. You know, but the end goal is always, it's always the same, you know, if you do X today, what is the result for tomorrow, a year from now or 10 years? You know, you gotta plan for success with every move. So at the beginning of the day, you know, I'm really big on my morning routines and writing out kind of a list of three big things that I need to tackle for that day. I think that sometimes if you write a list of like 15 things you need to do, it can be very overwhelming. So if you just write down three things that are, you know, are very, you know, they're intensive, they need to be done that day. They're but you keep thinking about them in your head, knock those out. And then oftentimes after that, you kind of get into a flow where you're just knocking things out. So that's what I do at the beginning of the day. I make my to-do list. And then, you know, I go into our office. I see what needs to be done that day. Sometimes I'm making the product, sometimes I'm delivering the product, sometimes other people are. So, you know, I still feel like we are that startup because a lot of things are are hands on, although I'm starting to, you know, hand off certain responsibilities. But I think that that's really important in your first few years of business is to be, you know, in the business. So you're actually knowing how to hand off these responsibilities in the way that you want them done. And it is hard when you do start handing them off because you're always like, are they doing it right? Like, do I need to check up on them? But you have to also know and trust yourself when you hire people on that, you know, you hired on the right person.
1: Yeah, that's a a really good point. And and I like your pick three things because there's a lot of gratification that comes from being able to check something off. And like you said, it doesn't mean that you necessarily stop for the day, but you get into a routine and it kind of keeps you going but it helps you set priorities. So you mentioned you mentioned handing things off. Talk to us a little bit about you mentioned early on that you did everything and so now you you have a bit of a team and so tell us a little bit about how that's gone building that and scaling up your business in that way.
0: Yeah, so <laughs> building up a team, what I've done personally is I've taken people that, you know, are close to me in my life and I've said, you know, do you want to come in part-time? Help me do this. I see that they have a certain skill set. And so when I make my to-do list, I look at it and I say, okay, I'm gonna perform this really well, but this person with this skill set might do it better. So I'm gonna hand it off to them. So that's how I started off with you know handing off responsibilities. I started to create a list of things that I love to do, things that made me excited, made me feel more creative, and the things that I just wasn't into. And you know, whether that is having somebody come on as an employee or you know, you contract them in for a service like accounting or building your website and taking care of that each month with ads, whatever you need to do, you've got to make a list. Because if you start taking on too much, you're going to kind of go through a funk where you feel very uninspired. And i you know, I've been there, especially in my first years of business where, you know, I couldn't necessarily afford to hire someone on. But I do think that was a great experience because now it makes me so grateful to know that I can hand off that responsibility and be in my creative element.
1: Yeah, that's great advice. So I know that it's been, you mentioned earlier that there were times that you kind of got into burnout phase and and I know it hasn't always been easy. I'm sure you've had some challenges along the way and a lot of success in business is about being able to execute past failure. And so I wonder, what are some of the, do you have a story or maybe you'd be willing to tell us about a challenge that you've faced along the way and what you've learned from it?
0: Oh, one of my biggest challenges is when we changed over to our latest label, our current label, I had ordered, you know, a big order of labels and we had them packaged up, ready to send off to all of our retail locations. And I wanted to be the one to personally deliver that first order to make sure, you know, everything was was going according to plan. And when I got there, they couldn't scan the product in. And I was just like, I was so confused. I didn't know what was going on. And then I had this thought in my head and I was like, oh no, we had used our old product UPCs for the new product UPCs. So not only did we change our label with that instance, we also changed the package size. So that's where the UPCs, and that's the universal product code for those who don't know. So it's how, you know, grocery stores scan your product, it registers in the system with the price. But all of these, all of these containers that we had sitting there waiting for deliveries had the wrong UPCs and stores were out of product. They needed products. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've got to brainstorm. What can I do? And so I called up my label company and I had them print out just individual UPCs. And so we just stuck them in place of the old UPCs on the back of the label. And when we're like, we might have to stay in here all night labeling these, but we're going to get it done. So, (laughs) you know, that's just one of those things you have to quickly improvise and take action. You can't sit there and think too much about it because in an instant like that, like you just need movement forward.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, I guess lesson in that is these things happen. How quickly can you respond and, and move on, right? Things are going to happen like that. It's a great, great story. So Liz, you've accomplished a lot in five years. And I know you're a goal setter because I can tell from listening to you talk. So what are your future plans and goals for Liz Anthony Nutrition? What do you see in the future? And what you've done in five years is very impressive.
0: Thank you so much. For the future, I would love to see more products under Liz Anthony Nutrition. You know, I kind of, instead of, you know, having all of our social media handles and website be Liz Anthony Protein Bites, I wanted to make it Liz Anthony Nutrition as a brand because I wanted that to be an umbrella of products. So now that we're finally getting there, I would love to launch a new product, not necessarily Sure exactly when it will be out, but I definitely have some things you know in my mind that I've been wanting to do for the past two years. And then also I think that you know growing our retail accounts right now, we are just in the state of Florida with our retail accounts. And so with that, that comes a lot of things to figure out with distribution and how's the product going to get there exactly. Because you know, we can handle delivering to our Florida accounts, but outside, you know, if we wanted to to a retail store in California, how would it get there? And so, you know, does it make sense to ship it? Does it make sense to send it on a large truck? So these are a lot of things that I, you know, definitely want to start focusing on for the brand to kind of get us at that national level versus just kind of locally in the state of Florida.
1: Yeah, that's that's and and those are all, you know, the devil's in the details as they say, right? And so just like with your labeling, there's it's not easy to make an expansion like that. So there's a lot to look at. But that all sounds very exciting and I I really am looking forward to the new products that you have come out and to the, your expansion in other parts of the US and perhaps the world. So you do sell I know already online. So I'm sure you've got a you know a good following there too but it's exciting to hear you you know talking about your goals and and what you're going to do in the future with Liz Anthony Nutrition. So I always ask I know you've got a lot to do so, you know, and I could sit and talk for a lot longer because this is a great story. And it's always fun to talk to our alumni from the University of Tampa. But I always like to ask a couple of questions before we end. And so if there's one piece of advice that you could leave with our listeners today, Liz, what would it be?
0: I think that, you know, this more, it isn't so much advice or quote, it's more of a belief, but it's, you know, life is always happening for us, It's not happening to us, but it's just it's our job to find out where the benefit is. And if we do, life is magnificent, like you never know what's going to happen. So just embrace everything as it happens to you. Don't dwell too much on mistakes or anything that's happened in the past that you view as negative because you can always turn that around.
1: That's great, great advice. Great advice. So, Liz, let's talk a little bit more about where our listeners can can find out. I absolutely love with this podcast to inspire entrepreneurs, but I also want to support our entrepreneurs who are out there. And I know that you have a website and we're gonna we're gonna offer a code to anybody that's listening today to get a discount. And so where can our listeners find your product, find out more about you, follow anything that you're doing online?
0: Yeah. So our website is LizAnthonyNutrition.com and you can find all of our products there. We even have like a special sampler pack, which has each flavor in one pack. So if you're a first time trier and you want to just get the experience of all the flavors, you can get that one online. Our website, it also has every selling location we sell to. So you can type in your zip code, find the nearest selling location near you. And then you can follow us, our handles for all of our social medias at Liz Anthony nutrition. And then I'm also on LinkedIn. If you want to connect with me personally under Liz Anthony, like I said, I've had a lot of help along the way, and I would love to be able to help other young entrepreneurs. If I have the resources.
1: And, and she's agreed to partner with us today. And if you put in the code INFACTOR15, that's E-N-F-A-C-T-O-R-15, you'll get 15% off. So go try the snacks. They're not only taste good, but they are good for your body. And Liz, it's been such a treat to have you today. Thank you for joining us. And thank you for all the lessons that you've shared with our listeners today.
0: Thank you so much, Rebecca. It was so great to talk to you.
1: If you enjoyed this episode and would like to learn more about entrepreneurship, we would love it if you hit that subscribe button. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of InFactor.